Good morning, everybody. This is your host, Sophia Nelson, and happy post-election day weekend. Earth-shattering. Wow. Talk about the pollsters getting it wrong. Talk about the pundits getting it wrong. Everyone proclaimed the doom and gloom for the Democrats that Joe Biden, the old man of almost 80, was out of touch given those pro-democracy, pro-America speeches and calling out the MAGA, uh, what do I want to call the MAGA people? MAGA Americans, I'm going to be kind today, it's Sunday, uh, for what they are, divisive, rowdy, nasty, mean, hostile, disruptive, uh, insurrectionist. Shall I continue? Okay. Happy Sunday, everybody. It's Sophia Nelson, and this is a special edition of the One America podcast. I apologize for uh, not being able to um, do what we wanted to do um, throughout the the pre-cycle and then the post-cycle. The podcast was down, so it's back up. Uh, I will get Michael Steele and some others. I want to get people from across the spectrum on. I'd love to get Sarah Longwell back on. She's done an amazing job with the uh, focus groups throughout the election and really, I think, tapped into that centrist streak, that moderate streak that I've been telling you for every year this podcast is on and in the 30 years I've been writing about, analyzing on television, talking about politics. America is a center right little bit country, maybe a little center left now, but we're in the middle. We don't like fringes. That's not what this republic uh, that has a democratic form of government is about. We uh, don't like extremists. Donald Trump, uh, I think history will record, was not an anomaly, but he tapped into a discontent that comes around about every 100 years or so where you have these shifts in population, shifts in the diversity of the population, influxes of different peoples to the United States, immigrants, people of color. And we saw that play out a big time in this last uh, decade. And it will continue to be more intense. And one of the things that I see um, being talked about quite a bit by uh, younger uh, voters and pundits, and excuse me for that noise, I walked into my office. Uh, I want to get this podcast in before I have to go to church this morning. But you see that Florida elected Max Frost, 25 years old, which he's constitutionally eligible to run for the House of Representatives at 25. You have to be uh, 30 to go to the Senate and then 35 to run for president of the United States. But um, Gen Z is watching and they have an entirely different experience, outlook, uh, respect for diversity and inclusion that prior generations, including mine, Gen X, does not. Uh, I think we were probably the start of that, uh, but um, it has really accelerated with this generation of young people and, and the things that they see as important, climate change. And I think that the Republican Party just showed up really badly, and I'm happy about it. I'm Team Liz Cheney and and others who have been saying for the last, much more than before Trump, Uh, happened to America, that the Republican Party wasn't shifting, it wasn't pivoting, it was becoming the old aggrieved white man party, the party of rich capitalists who didn't get that there's a world out there that there are senior citizens who need Social Security and Medicare that 
America takes care of her people, that we have to balance both the beauty of capitalism and 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 the uh, encouragement of entrepreneurship and people creating their own wealth and their own destinies and understanding that we still have an obligation to our people. So I want to just give a quick recap and, and my thoughts. So number one, the Democrats had an amazing election. They defied history. They defied logic. Uh, In this environment with inflation and and Biden having historic low approval numbers throughout his presidency, frankly, despite the accomplishments of being able to block student loan debt relief, which I think also was not a good move. But the Republicans had a climate where they should have added seats in the Senate and been able to at least add two or three to capture the majority. And in the House, they should have had, frankly, a bloodbath. Uh, they should have picked up 40 seats, uh, 30, 40 seats. And that's just not going to happen. The House hasn't been called yet as of Sunday. And if it does get called, it looks like it's going to be a three-seat margin at best. I can't imagine that the Republicans will elect Kevin McCarthy speaker. Why? He didn't deliver poor performance, uh, poor leadership. Same in the Senate. Mitch McConnell, why would you keep him around? It's time for Thune and the and the younger senators who are, and I'm talking younger, meaning in their 60s now, um, to step up and lead um, and uh, move in a different direction. I think that this was an embarrassing election for the Republicans, but it was predictable. I never believed that the Democrats were going to get wiped out. I never believed that Americans and America, the America that I know, the center centrist America that I know would vote for these extreme candidates like Blake Masters or some of the others that you saw in the House races. Scary people, frankly. Now, look, Marjorie Taylor Greene comes from a district where she's going to get elected as long as she wants to. She's got an 18 percent higher education rate in her state. Most of the people, I'm sorry, in her district uh, are not college educated people. And so they think her antics are cute. She has a very working class uh, blue streak of... um, how they talk about things and see things in rural um, working class America. It's very different from mainstream uh, centrist America. They're not the same. So I expect she'll get elected again and again. Lauren Boebert in the fight for her life, uh, her district sending her a strong message to cut it out, stop the foolishness, stop being a poster girl of bad behavior and act like a congresswoman. I don't know if she's going to win or not. It's still too close to call. But I think the big takeaways are thank you, President Obama. Thank you, President Biden. Uh, Thank you to those who got out, Liz Cheney, and stood up for democracy, put country over party, stood up for the values of freedom and equity and uh, honesty that America represents. And when I say equity, I'm not talking about uh, that we're a country where we say that Uh, You have to have certain outcomes. That's never been America. We want everybody to have a shot. And to me, that's equity. As long as I can get up to bat and as long as I can get an education and as long as I can be treated fairly in the workplace, uh, I can do anything anybody can do and better, frankly. So that's the America I'm talking about. But I think that this unbalance was a win for democracy. I would have liked to have seen bigger margins. But the truth is we are a divided America. We are a 50-50 country right now. And I think we're going to stay that way for a while. I'll wrap by saying this. And again, I promise I'll get some big guns on and we will talk about this uh, before the Thanksgiving holiday. And we'll do a, a breakdown of what happened, what the American people are thinking and why they're thinking the way they're thinking. We know we have a runoff in Georgia, but the Senate has been called for the Democrats. Catherine 
Uh, Maestio Cortez held on in Nevada uh, by a narrow margin. They still haven't called the Arizona governor's race as of Sunday, but it looks good for Katie Hobbs. Thank God, because Carrie Lake is a dangerous, scary woman. She's attractive. Uh, she's smart, but she is an election denier. And all those election deniers that followed Trump off the cliff, uh, you hurt yourselves and you hurt your country. And thank God we rejected that. And for Donald Trump announcing he's going to run, um, I don't see the Republican Party embracing him. In fact, I see them running away now, which is a whole nother podcast for another day where I'm going to get Michael Steele on and we're going to talk about the Republican Party we grew up in and the one that we see now and what happens. Um, a lot of people have been asking me, a lot of people DM me after uh, this election night and, and throughout and asked me what I was thinking about for 2024. Was I going to run for the Senate here in Virginia? Uh, I will say that uh, I've been discussing that and thinking about that for a while now. Uh, I've had six female U.S. senators from the Republican Party um, over the past, let's say, goodness, maybe four years, and some heavyweights um, in the Republican Party of the, you know, moderate wing, if you will, uh, the Liz Cheney wing, conservative, but puts country over party. Um, court me, talk to me about it. I'm interested. I'll have to see. Um, I think that we need, I was very disappointed in, um, I was very disappointed in the showing for black women in this last election cycle at the Senate level. Now, of course, uh, Massachusetts elected an African-American woman to attorney general for the first time ever in their history. That's good. Uh, congratulations to her. Uh, <clears throat> but um, Val Demings, Sherry Beasley, my sorority sister, Stacey Abrams, other high profile black female races, did not go well. Beasley did the best of the three. Uh, she came within three points uh, in North Carolina. I hope that she either runs again uh, for something or maybe uh, finds a house seat if that's something she's interested in. Um, or maybe Biden puts her on the federal judiciary uh, now that the Dems have locked the Senate. But she ran really well. Um, I was very sad to see Tim Ryan lose. What a great guy. Uh, Ohio did not elect the better man. J.D. Vance is just a I have no words. Um, and that's a shame. But Ohio's a Republican-leaning state, and it was going to be an upheld battle for Tim. Uh, I think we saw some good people not get elected. Josh Shapiro, amazing win in, in Pennsylvania. Fetterman um, coming uh, back from a stroke and, and being able to get elected, though narrowly. It lets you know that the country's divided. But here in Virginia, I think things are going to get interesting. And um, Governor Yunkin took a lot of heat over his comments about Nancy Pelosi's husband. He really didn't say anything about him. He just said that, uh, you know, he was going to send her back to be with him. And that was deemed to be insensitive. I wrote a piece in the Washington Post about it. Um, and uh, I was pleased to see Governor Yunkin issue an apology directly to Nancy Pelosi and her family. That's the kind of man I think he is. And that I hope he will begin to walk in and reject this Trumpism and this election integrity CRT nonsense, because that's what it is. Uh, we don't do that in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So I'll have to see what Yunkin does before I decide what I'm going to do. Um, and I'll also have to decide about um, if I can win a Republican primary, if I have to, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, given that uh, the state is not the same state that had John Hager and 
and John Warner and George Allen, um, it's a different electorate. So we'll have to see. I am interested. Um, and if I decide that I'm going to throw my hat in for the U.S. Senate race for 2024, I'll have to do that by this summer of 2023 because I'll have to raise a lot of money, which I'm not worried about doing. I think I've got the ability to do that. But I'm just not sure if I want to subject myself and my family to the inevitable beatdown ugliness uh, that comes from running for the Senate, for governor, for the House of Representatives, even for the state legislature. Um, I've lived a pretty clean Girl Scout life, I'll be honest, a bit boring, but um, I've lived a life and I'm in my 50s. So uh, if I decide not to run in this cycle, I am probably definitely going to run in 2026. Uh, But again, you never know what life's going to bring. We'll see. Uh, But I think that we need a new kind of leader, and we definitely need women and people of color in the United States Senate. There are no black women in the Senate right now. That's not that that's the reason to get elected, but I think that just like having a black woman on the Supreme Court matters, and I think the questioning and what... Justice Jackson has brought just in the months that she's been there, uh, I think is um, been valuable. And I think having had uh, former United States Senator Vice President Kamala Harris in the Senate was valuable. And I think having Carol Mosley Braun in the Senate was valuable. And I uh, think that Virginia is a perfect state for a candidate like me. It's a purple state. And I think I would have a real opportunity to build bridges and bring people together. And if I did decide to run, Uh, I am going to run a race about Virginia and America. It won't be about my opponent. It won't be about opposition research. It won't be about me caring what uh, Senator Kane did when he was a boy or what he did in college or did he smoke weed or not. Or I don't care about that. What I'm interested in is a debate. What I'm interested in is a discussion of ideas like we used to do in politics, like the old Lincoln-Douglas debates where you go throughout your state And you actually talk to the people and you don't duck debates and you don't hide and you fight out in the arena for all to see your ideas and your vision and not attacking each other as human beings. But again, this is all speculative right now, but I'm answering this because I've been asked about this a lot, given that people think the Trump may be um, the fever may be breaking. I'm not sure. Uh, Running as an independent, um, the forward party I know is going to be putting up candidates In this next cycle, I've been asked about that too. I think running as an independent is tough. Um, I like the idea, but Evan McMullen in Utah is the perfect example of a candidate who was the better candidate, who was well-funded, who really put up a good fight, but fell short in a very red state. So we'll see. Um, But I think it's time to stop running my mouth and talking and writing and and standing on the sidelines. If you really want to have an impact and change democracy you got to get in the arena and so we'll see but um listen I think it was a good night for democracy I think we're going to be okay Uh, I think that um, the fever is breaking but the Republican Party has a whole lot of problems that it has to uh, deal with in order to heal itself getting rid of Trump is just the start this fever this uh, flu this uh, pox on its house, runs deep. 
We've all watched it play out. This last cycle of candidates was scary, frankly. It's not the Republican Party I know. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the next year looks like and um, getting on some guests here who uh, we can have good dialogue. And whether you're a conservative, a liberal, whether you're black or white, whether you're uh, a Latino or uh, someone who uh, comes from the very soil and beginnings of the greatness of America with the uh, Native American community that is definitely overlooked and ignored, and that's got to stop and that's got to change. And uh, I hope we can come together and really live out this e pluribus unum out of many one. We're never going to agree on everything, and that's a good thing. We're always going to fight. We're always going to fuss, but we're Americans. And I want to go back to the civility we used to have even when we disagreed. So I look forward to it. Uh, this is my kind of brief election analysis. I'm going to come back when we have a call in the House of Representatives and talk about that a little bit as we go into the leadership elections after Thanksgiving. And we'll see where we where we shake out. But uh, eyes on Georgia now. And uh, I do think that uh, Reverend Warnock will prevail. I don't see Georgians electing Herschel Walker in this climate after uh, the House has already been called for uh, the Democrats, and I think that Reverend Warnock will be sent back to the Senate, and uh, that'll be a good way to keep Manchin and Cinema in check uh, so they can get some things done. Uh, President Biden had a good night. He had a good week. He had a good election. Um, I think people keep underestimating him, and I think that's a mistake, and I think he's been a good president on balance. Yes, He's older than we'd like him to be. It's it's you want a young president like an Obama or a Clinton or a Bush or a Kennedy. Uh, that's ideal. Uh, but most of our presidents are in their 60s plus um, and they've gotten older. So um, there may be some value in that wisdom. So, again, have a great rest of your week. Keep your eyes posted on who ultimately wins the House and we'll come back. And I know I broke a little news here today, but it's time to just put it on the table and I'll talk about it more soon. Like I said, I'll I'll make a decision by the summer of 2023. Take care now. Bye-bye.